Yo, 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 what's going on? It's me, Christopher Rivas, and this is Brown Enough, stories between black and white. Today, I have something really special for y'all. It's February, and you know, Valentine's Day, which got me thinking about love and dating. For brown folks, dating is like a minefield. Not only do you have to worry about finding someone you like who likes you too, then there's all this other stuff mixed in, like, where do they come from? Will they get me? Will they get my culture? Will they get my family? Do they dance salsa? Will people judge us for being together, especially if you are a brown person dating someone white, which for me was kind of a long time. I mean, I've always dated all kinds of women, but when I really look back, I start to see a pattern, one that I feel complicated about. A lot of women that I have been interested in are white this is something I explored in an episode of my other podcast, Rubirosa, about the Dominican playboy and diplomat Porfirio Rubirosa, who James Bond was based on. And guess what, y'all? Rubirosa dated a lot of white women. In fact, he was married to four different white women. Today, I really want to share a portion of this episode with y'all. I think you're going to dig it. And as a little bonus, it features a voice you already know, the one and only Gracie Mercedes, my pal and fellow actor who we heard from last week. Gracie was actually married to a white guy around the same time that I wrote an essay about a breakup that was published in the New York Times Modern Love column. So we talk all about that. And double bonus, you're also going to hear from my mom and pops, Martha and William. They are the best. This is a good one, y'all. And I hope it gives you something to think about. All right, let's hear it. Happy Valentine's Day. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. How do we know each other? Oh, we go way back. We met at my apartment in Hollywood, and... I came home, and you were there. And I gave you a tarot reading when we first met. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And a Shavasana massage. That wasn't the first time. Oh, but, my bad. But that I'm sitting in a podcast studio across from Christina Schulman. She's super smart, a great artist. She's led some of the best yoga classes I've ever taken. She's white. She's got blonde hair, and she's my ex-girlfriend. She was roommates with one of my BFFs from high school, and we started dating around 2015, 2016, right in the middle of my Rubirosa obsession. Do you remember me talking about him? Yeah. Uh, I remember you idolizing him. He's your hero. In which way? Uh, 
which in his badassery, I don't know, you were just <laughs> enamored. Um, you did talk about this was something that maybe was a red flag. You <laughs> talked about how he got all the women. I remember you talking about that quite a bit. Like, and such a ladies' man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't judge me too hard. I was in my 20s, and facts are facts. Ruby is a ladies' man. Christina and I dated for about a year, and then we broke up. Actually, I was the one who initiated the breakup. I'd been going through one of those growing phases. You know the kind. Stuff is building inside you really slowly, so slowly you don't even realize it until one day you wake up and you turn to the person next to you and you think, damn. We gotta break up. I did not see it coming. It was the whole, it's not you, it's me. Which, I guess it's true, but it was a, it's not you, it's me type of, I have to go figure myself out. Which is very I mean, which true. Is true, it's just, <laughs> it's just not fully true. After we split, I started to think through my feelings. So I started writing. It helped me to get all my thoughts out on the page. It always has. And then a year had passed, and in that time, you and I had managed to become really good friends, which I love, which is great. Uh, and then you told me that you have something in the works for Modern Love. You know Modern Love, right? The New York Times column about love and relationships. It's also a TV show now. All that writing turned into an essay about this breakup. And the New York Times, they liked it. I think the day before it came out, you said, just so you know, <laughs> you might not love the title. Just so you know, there's some stuff that might be sensitive or triggering. I can't remember what you said, but something along those lines. And I was like, okay, um, cool. The next day the essay came out. Its title, I broke up with her because she's white. When I saw that, I was... Um, shocked, I guess is the right word. Yeah. It was shocking. It was a shocking title, but I guess that's what they were going for. Okay, I have to jump in here and say that I really wanted the title to be Please Don't Hate Me for Dating White Women because the article was about a lot more than just my relationship with Christina. But fun fact, in publishing, the writer doesn't always get to pick the title. So yeah, I mean, it was clickbait and it worked. It kind of went viral. What did you think about the article? Oh, boy. <laughs> what did I think about it? Uh, I, I just, I mean, it just sounded, it sounded just like a, com a confused man. <laughs> uh, I did it, it, it felt, it, 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 it was a little hurtful to me because it felt like it, lessened what our feelings were for each other. Like, it, it just made it more about this one thing rather than, I don't know, us actually being people who cared about each other. Here's the first line of the essay. Quote, Okay, let me just get to it. I think I broke up with my last girlfriend because she's white. Actually, no, I definitely broke up with her because she's white. But in the next 1,500 words... I look back at a number of my relationships and experiences with white women, from my youth up through the time I wrote the piece. 
I talk about wokeness and self-loathing and the pressure I have always felt from other people to pick the right partner and to get the right person to pick me. Yeah, it just sounded like a, a confused guy who was trying to say the right thing or be a certain way for people. And so, and that's, that's not you. It felt kind of like untruthful. Hmm. For me, I thought it, it came off racially insensitive. Uh, and I think other people shared that feeling with me. Um, immature. What was immature about it? Just caring about what other people think or want from you rather than being a grown-ass man and <laughs> doing what you want. I feel like there wasn't enough care around how I felt about it. I get that. Okay. <laughs> I also, you know, you said like a uh, confused person who cares what other people think. Like I think I, I created this person who was exploring a big idea. You know, race, dating, the idea of wokeness. So I think that confusion, if it's what you felt, you know, like, I would say, and maybe you disagree, but that's probably a true thing about Chris. Like, a true thing you probably know about me. I am often asking a lot of questions. It's, I don't know, it feels it feels a little off or icky to me that's a for lack of a better word it just gives me that feeling of i don't i don't like it in that context but i think you should be asking questions yes and i think that you should really try to figure out why you're motivated to do certain things christina said i sounded confused well she's right i was I often am, but I'm good with expressing that confusion, publicly even, if it'll help me figure out why I'm motivated to do certain things, to find out my why. It's what I'm trying to do now. Still, ask questions. Ask myself why. Ask myself why I have made certain choices in my own life, like dating white women. Ruby set me on this journey, and now I'm here asking, talking not just to myself, but to some important folks in my life. All right, y'all. What do you think so far, huh? Are you thinking about your own love life? About the people you've been dating? Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, you're going to hear from my parents and from Gracie. Stick around. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. 
With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. And we are back and we're listening to an episode of my other podcast, Ruby Rosa. In this episode, I'm talking about an essay I wrote for Modern Love about dating white women. It's juicy. Let's get back to it. You are what is wrong with the world. Okay, bottom line, dude, marry who the F you want to marry. I totally get it, especially the pick a side comment. When Modern Love published my essay, a lot of people noticed. I was interviewed about it. Websites republished it, retranslated into different languages. There were Reddit threads and Twitter threads. A white supremacist YouTuber did a video about it. A video watched over 30,000 times. My editors had warned me about it before it came out. Chris, you are going to hear everything. Marriage proposals and fury. People will love you. People will hate you. And that's exactly what happened. It's people like you who divide this nation. Please stop. These are real quotes from real emails. You, my friend, are experiencing true enlightenment of how Americans are being sold the bill of goods from the ruling class to divide and conquer us. Just do you, Chris. And when you find that right person to build your life with, who cares if they're black, brown, white, yellow, heck, purple. Even though my identity and circumstances are very different from your own, I relate to the theme that navigating racial realities and dating is a charged, confusing, divisive, and pressurized experience. You need to have the Constitution to stand up to the blatant racism and prejudice, even if it's from your own family. The responses just kept on coming, week after week, and a couple of months into this, I got a DM on Instagram. It was from someone named Gracie Mercedes. She said she got it, that she was swimming in the same confusion. Gracie is a Dominican actor raised in New York who now lives in L.A., like me. And she had recently split up with her partner of 14 years. So I asked her to come to the studio and tell me about her own experience having a white partner. Uh, So we met after you read my Modern Love column. Um, yes. And you read that while you were married to a Um, white man? Yes. I mean, we were already separated when I read that. I am technically still married. We haven't filed the paperwork yet, but we are separated. We are great friends still. I want to preface that before I get into this. (laughs) Um, But yes, he is white. We were together for almost 14 years, married for eight. Um, And I just related to a lot of what you said in that article. You know, I'm not going to say that we broke up because he's white, but, you know, there were definitely things that came up in our relationship um, that made me be like, oh, yeah, he's white, <laughs> you know? And, like, there was definitely a disconnect um, that that I felt in our relationship that was definitely heightened during, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff and um, just the craziness of the world over the last couple of years. It was also a thought when I was thinking about, like, my upbringing and what I was taught and what I was fed and what was modeled for me. You know, it was that white is better and that marrying white is better and that, you know, that is the trophy. He was a trophy husband in a sense because, Mm -hmm. you know, my grandmother spent her whole life, like, telling me not to date black guys and not to date Dominican guys. There's that colorism, y'all. Have we talked about the paper bag test yet? 
Starting in the 20th century, black people whose skin was lighter than a paper bag got special treatment, and everyone who didn't pass the test got left behind. I didn't hear that growing up, but I did hear about mejorando la raza, bettering the race. I can remember my grandmother and other grandmothers and mothers saying, don't date someone darker than you. Don't date coarse hair, big lips, and big noses. I once brought home a black girl in high school, and my aunt angrily mumbled from the kitchen, ay, you see him in that negrita? I wish I'd said something to my aunt. Wish I got up and told her to shut up. Look in the mirror, look at a family album. Reminded her that we too are black, that the DR and Columbia were built by African slaves. Wish I'd shown her the hypocrisy. But I didn't. So it's kind of crazy to have, you know, a grandmother who is fair-skinned with straight hair, dating black men, telling you not to date black men, um, and telling you, you know, to straighten your hair every week and telling you just not be in the sun all the time and, and things like that. I mean, your grandmother has biases. She doesn't even know exactly. right. Exactly. When she does the things she tells you not to do. Exactly. We all have biases we don't even know we have. Exactly. They're not microaggressions. They're just the water we're swimming in. Totally. But it's not just our Dominican and Latino families. All families instill values into their children. And when you're like me and Gracie and you date a white person, you suddenly have to deal with all the unconscious biases that they bring into a room. I mean, he he himself is a very liberal, progressive, fantastic white man. Um, but how do I put this? Even the most progressive white families have biases that they may or may not realize they have. I know what Gracie means. Whenever I was in relationships with white people, I was also in relationships with their families. On one visit to a girlfriend's hometown, I was the only person of color in what felt like miles. Her parents acted like they didn't even notice. I dated another white woman for more than six months. Six months, y'all, and even still, her parents kept thinking I was from Puerto Rico. I've never even been to Puerto Rico. Big ups, Puerto Rico. I'm coming one day. Then there was the father who opened the door and said, sorry, tonight's not taco night. And then slammed the door in my face, only to open it up again because he was just joking. I stayed for a mediocre dinner. I wish it were tacos. My buddy Justin is black. His wife is also black. One time Justin and I were talking about relationships and he told me that there is something about coming home and knowing that his partner knows. She just knows the struggle, the ridiculousness, the beauty and plight of being a body of color. There is no educating. Sometimes he said, they don't even have to say anything or talk about it. She just knows. She just gets him. When he said that, it made sense. And I found myself wanting to feel that kind of peace in a relationship. To be with someone who just gets that part of me. Someone who just knows. Don't we all? Here's Gracie again. I think the more I thought about our relationship and relationships in the past, I realized um, I am just tired of adjusting who I am to fit certain spaces. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 you do that to make other people feel comfortable, right? Mostly white people. To make white people feel comfortable. So the thing of like, I no longer want to— Don't we also do it to make ourselves feel comfortable in a weird way? Well, I, I think when I was doing it, I thought, I thought, oh, I'm just trying to impress my boyfriend's 
parents, right? But now in retrospect, I'm like, oh no, I was trying to be more white. I was trying to be less black. I was trying to be less Dominican. I was I was very conscious of speak properly, you know, make sure your hair looks quote unquote like good, like straight and tamed. I didn't wear my hair curly or natural until about five years ago. So at the time I always had that straight, you know, Dominican blowout. Going. Wow, because his hair is good right now. Thank you. Um, so, you know, there was that. And there was just the the hyper-awareness of how I behaved, how I spoke, what I spoke about. I always had to prove that I was, like, quote-unquote, one of the good ones. And that makes me sick. Like, the, the thought of that makes me really sick to my stomach and sad. But I did that for a really long time. And I think I was just so used to doing that that I didn't even realize I was doing it. As we were splitting up, we split up for other reasons, but I was like, oh, why did I seek out a white man? Was it because of these things I was fed my whole life? Here's another section of the Modern Love essay. Am I the problem or is everyone else? Do white women find me attractive or do they see me as some exotic idea they should find attractive? Do I find white women attractive or do I see them as some exotic idea I should find attractive? Do I even know whom I'm attracted to or why? As I was writing that, I was thinking about all the examples we see of black and brown people being chosen and saved by falling in love with white people. From Save the Last Dance to La Bamba, The Big Sick, Master of None, literally the great white hope where the white woman is the hope. The amount of stories that have whispered in my ear, Chris, successful, happy, black or brown guy falls in love with white woman. White woman is his savior. And these stories didn't just exist in the outside world. I heard him at home too, from my pops. As a little kid, I used to watch him get ready in the morning. It was a master class on preparing your mask. First, it was a fresh shave, followed by a ton of cologne because he's Dominican y'all, so he really needed people to know he was entering a room. And then he'd spend all this time blow drying his hair to get that perfect quaff and then he'd take a black sharpie to any stray grays in his goatee he took longer to get ready than me my mother and my sister combined and whenever i gave him shit about it he'd talk about what he saw as a young man in the dr there are gentlemen right now this is him now saying the same old things young men in dominican republic that are doing the same thing and they would go to a, a nearby um airport to try to meet someone very beautiful, someone very nice, that has happened already. And I'll, say, I'll tell you that many have married German young ladies who have fallen in love with these guys. And their opportunity to leave that country is that they met a beautiful young girl who's accepted them and said, you want to come to Germany with me? Yes. Done. And it kind of like in a way is what they're doing is similar. Is that considered womanizing? Just look. Just look at 90 Day Fiance. You'll find a couple. <laughs> That's my mama. You remember her in that beautiful laugh, yeah? It's like when I went to Colombia and mom said, uh, she said, be careful with the women there. She said, they're going to they're gonna try and be really nice to you, so you bring them home. <laughs> it's true. Quick aside, my mom's Colombian, and she'd love if I dated a Colombian woman. But even she knew that me being a U.S. citizen might get me some extra attention. Were they nice to you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Now I can't trust anyone. So I don't know. I planted the seed of doubt in you. Sorry. I grew up with jokes like these. 
Interactions that seemed innocent enough, but over years and years, I absorbed a message about how important it was to be chosen, selected, selected by whom became and remains my dilemma. I'm still learning how to unlearn it all. Okay, how do you two feel about my love life? I got a lot to say. Go ahead, William. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you've gone through a few. And uh, it's been very difficult. My Your mother actually told me, stop falling in love with the girls that he's really um, dating because you don't know how long it's going to last. And I understand that during your time, you're finding yourself and you're finding to find the, the, the person that might suit you or be the best for you. But we were always concerned because there are some that we really said, I, please, God, let her not be the one. <laughs> Were you surprised that I've dated so many white women? No, <laughs> I was. I was not surprised that you dated so many white women, um, because I don't know. I mean, I think that a part of you wanted to have acceptance in the white world, and maybe for for you that came through dating a white girl. Oh, look, a white girl wants me, right? So. You know, I'm good. I'm in. Right. Maybe it was that. Is this what I was trying to get close to? Acceptance from the white world. I mean, in that case, I'm right there with Ruby. I'm trying to get closer to power and to a feeling of worth. This is something that was on my mind when I wrote the essay. Here's another line. Since I was a child... I've internalized the idea that the hand I hold determines my worth more than my own hands. That my power is only as valuable as the person by my side. A whole system is coded within me. Why wasn't self-worth coded within me? For the record, I could have been more specific in the essay because I do actually think some self-worth was instilled in me. I mean, I have amazing parents and they definitely embrace me for who I am. But there's something that happens when a brown body walks out the door and faces the world. Something that can erode the sense of worth you feel at home. There's something about all those other voices out there telling you and showing you that you aren't enough that starts seeping in. All right, y'all. And that is where we're going to end it for today. If you want to hear more, go check out Ruby Rosa. You can find all 10 episodes, including this one, episode seven, if you scroll down right now in this very Brown Enough feed. And fam, I know this episode is stirring some stuff up for you. So please get in touch with us. We want to hear what you think. Have you found yourself in a pattern of dating white folks? Does it make you feel some type of way? Let us hear it. Send us an email or a voice memo to brownenough at stitcher.com. You can also just send me a DM at my Instagram, Christopher double underscore Rivas. Remember, two underscores. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. I hope that if you have found love, you are with someone who sees all of you. Also, you are all you need. Shout out to my boo. Love you. And if you're still looking, I feel you. You got this. Be patient. There's someone out there for you. Peace and love.
Brown Enough is a production of Stitcher. It's created and hosted by me, Christopher Rivas, and I'm also an executive producer. Our team includes producers Manolo Morales, senior producer Abigail Keel, technical director Casey Holford, production assistant Gabriella Gladney, and executive producer Camille Stanley. Original music by Casey Holford. Special thanks to Brendan Burns and Abby Aguilar. Workhouse Media is a contributing producer to this podcast. Carlos E. Hernandez of Ikigai Management is also an executive producer of Brown Enough. Don't forget to subscribe or follow Brown Enough so you never miss an episode. Thanks. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.